This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Leslie's in here with us today. She'll be, she's coming in the first Sunday of every month. Make sure and let her know how much you appreciate her working with our children today. Amen. Well, listen, I'm not going to be real long-winded today, said every preacher every Sunday, but I, I really don't plan on being. I just want to leave you with a few thoughts today as we exit our July 4th holiday as a nation. We celebrate freedom, and we've been talking about what it takes to be a growing church. If we're not a growing church, and gro- growth, let me say this, growth doesn't always mean just running higher numbers every Sunday. I've said this several times, there are things such as swollen churches, but anything swollen's got infection in it. So we want to make sure that we are a healthy, growing church. But I want to preach a message entitled, The Call to Active Duty. The Call to Active Duty this morning. If you have your Bible, turn to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. This story takes place that I want to, actually I'm probably going to preach out of Judges six and seven over the next couple of weeks. This story takes place in Judges 6, 1 through 16. I'm only going to read verses 11 through 16. I'll just catch you up on verses 1 through 10 just for the sake of time this morning. The story of Gideon. And the men of Israel, the soldiers, the fighting men, are living in caves in verses 1 through 10. They're living in caves. And God actually tells the men of Israel that they have disobeyed him by not being active in his army. That they're fearing what the enemy may do to them. And I want to tell you, church, God has not called us to be a church that fears. We just got through singing about Christ alone is our cornerstone. What a powerful song that is. We have no reason to fear when he truly is our cornerstone. I dare say that one reason that many of us do experience fear is because we've never really made Christ our true cornerstone. Oh, we may have had a salvation experience, but we've never really gotten in to the inside of who God is and recognized that he really is our redeemer in every way. And I want to talk to you about this text this morning. The men of Israel are hiding and running for fear, and we're going to catch this story up in verse 11 of Judges chapter 6. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Orpah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. 
in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan or my family is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh, and I am the weakest in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely, everybody say surely, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Father, I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would let your word come alive to us this morning, God, that you would speak to us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. What an interesting story. All the men of Israel are hiding out in fear. And God drops the story of Gideon into Judges chapter 6. And we see that he's not much different than everybody else. The Bible says that he's threshing his wheat in a wine press. He's down in a hole where nobody can see him. Wheat was usually threshed on a wooden floor. He's down in a dirt floor taking a stick and beating on those heads of wheat to separate the chaff and the grain. He's hiding out himself in fear that Midianites would come and take the wheat that he has. Gideon has forgotten Whose he really is. Has anybody ever had a case of forgotten identity that you really forgot whose you were? In the midst of the storm, sometimes we can get sidetracked, folks. Sometimes we can get our eyes on this or that and we forget that we are called to be part of the army of God. And can I tell you that any growing church has to have people that step into active duty. Boy, it's quiet. Somebody just punched their wife and said, he's about to ask us to do something. No church can grow without people being in active duty for the army of God. I don't care who's doing the worship, who's doing the preaching, who's doing the children's church. If we don't have people that are active, active in doing things for the body of Christ. No church can grow. And Gideon finds himself fearing the enemy. Some people don't get involved in being active for the Lord because the storms of life have clouded their judgment of who they really are and maybe clouded the protection of the Lord in their life and they find themselves just cowering down 
But I'm so thankful today that I serve a God that still sees potential in me regardless of what season I'm in. Are you glad today that there have been seasons in your life that even though you couldn't see potential in yourself, that God still saw potential in you? And we find Gideon in one of these seasons. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord comes along and he looks down and he looks at Gideon in the pit, in the wine press, and he says, Hey, you mighty man of valor. Gideon's cowering down, hiding out, but yet the angel of the Lord says, refers to him as a mighty man of valor. God still saw potential in Gideon, even though he was in that place in that season. And I want to tell you, God always sees your dilemma and your potential. God not only sees your potential, but he sees your dilemma. He sees the reason that you haven't stepped in to the calling that he's called you to fulfill. Let me tell you, every person in the sound of my voice this morning, saved or unsaved, God sees potential and has a calling on your life. The fact that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have something for you to do. God saw Paul as Saul way before he accepted who Jesus was. He saw potential in him even though he was an evil man, even participated in the murdering of Christians. God saw potential in him. And I want to tell you this morning that God sees your potential, but he also sees your dilemma. The Bible says that God knows your heart. God knows the reason that you haven't stepped out on faith and begin to walk walk in the calling that he's called you to walk in. All of us have different excuses. I could call them reasons this morning, but I'm going to call them excuses because it is what it is. We have excuses why we don't step in to the place that God wants us to step into. We have reasons that we don't continue to do things in the work of the Lord. And can I tell you that God is calling us as a church that it's time to be called out for active duty. He looks down on us today and he says, I I see you, Steve, mighty man of valor. Russell, I see you, mighty man of valor. Tammy, mighty woman of valor. He said, I see potential in you. Even though you may have stalled in your progress, I see potential in you. There's not one person in this place this morning. God doesn't see potential in you right where you are. Do you know that the Bible says that you, Romans 8.37, you are more than a conqueror. That tells me if you aren't taking things and occupying something for God, that you're not fulfilling just a word from the word of God that's for you. We are all as Christians more than conquerors. 
The Bible says that we are called to conquer. We are called to occupy. I like the New Living Translation best. It says, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I think that's the best version I've ever heard of that verse. Despite all of these things. And church, I want to tell you this morning, everybody in this place has a reason, an excuse why you're not occupying space for the Lord, why you aren't doing something maybe for the Lord. But I want to tell you, Scripture tells me that despite all of these things, despite all of my problems, despite all of my inadequacy, despite everything that I don't feel like I am, God has called me to be more than a conqueror. And God has called you to be more than a conqueror for the kingdom of God this morning. Ephesians 6.10, Paul has just got through talking to us about the armor of God, and he says, finally, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Right before he talks about the armor, he says, be strong in the Lord. Can I tell you, if you look at yourself, if you look at your mental capability, let me help you out this morning. If you're wondering how much mental capability you have, you don't have any. We're all nuts. You can look at your spouse and say, and that goes for you. Isn't it the truth? We've all got some problems. Well, pastor, do you mean to tell me that you have some mental problems every day? But when I look at who God is, and I remind myself that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Gideon was facing a mental struggle. He was in a pit trying to scrounge around for a few heads of grain to eat. He was mentally wore down. He was fearful. But all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord comes along and reminds him, you are a mighty man of power. Church, I want to tell you today that God is calling us back into active duty. What's kept you away from doing something for God? God is saying today, come on back because I see you as a mighty man or woman of valor. God sees your dilemma. We may have dilemmas, but I want to tell you, God's never had a dilemma. I got to thinking about that. I said, you know, the only dilemma I guess God ever thought about was how do I fix this problem about sin and sacrifice? And he one day he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my son. If he ever had a dilemma, and I'm not saying he did, that would have been the only one that he had, and he fixed it. God doesn't have dilemmas. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. God knew way before Jesus ever came he wasn't going to have a dilemma. He says, I know that I have created something that is everlasting. I have created an everlasting kingdom kingdom on the earth 
God's not in a dilemma about what's going to happen next week. He's not in a dilemma over Wall Street. He's not in a dilemma over the 2020 election. He's not in a dilemma over anything because Jesus Christ is still king. Jesus Christ is still ruling and reigning on the throne. The Bible says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. So Gideon has this supernatural encounter with an angel. Now the Bible says that we've all entertained angels unaware. But this was the angel of the Lord. This is a very special angel. And all of a sudden Gideon in verse 13, instead of just saying, I love this story because Gideon does what we do. He got the angel of the Lord calling him out. I, I, I want to tell you something. You're looking for a word when you get the angel of the Lord to show up from heaven and stand at the, at the threshold of the problem that you're facing and call you out. I would call that a word. He, I guarantee he put it on Facebook and shared it with everybody. God has given me a word. But this is what he does. Instead of just coming out in verse 13, the Bible says that Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then? Somebody say, why? Why then, God, has this happened to us? And where are all the miracles? Instead of just coming out, Gideon begins to dialogue with the Lord. Sounds a little bit like Moses. Well, God, I don't understand. God, if you're really with us, why am I facing a trial? God, why has all of this happened to us? I want to tell you, if you don't have trials in your life, you will not grow. You will not have growth without trials. James 1, 2, and 4 says to consider it pure joy when you go through trials. And it says that testing produces perseverance. And perseverance, when it has its finished work, makes you complete, lacking absolutely nothing. I don't know about you, but in my walk with God, I would like to get to the place where I lack nothing. I would like to get to the place where I don't have to come in on Sunday morning and feel like I have to be poured back into because I'm lacking so much. But everything that happens to me on Sunday morning is just an additive to what I've already got because I've allowed to God to work through every trial, through everything that's been perseverance in my life. Gideon says, God, I don't understand why. Why is this happening to me? And, and, and what, where are all the miracles? Basically, he gets a word from heaven and he begins to complain. And I want to tell you something. The Lord just dropped this in my spirit I was, last night when I was looking at this. When we become idle in doing things for, for the Lord, it can turn us into a complaining people. I knew I'd get a lot of shouts on that this morning. 
Let me say that again. If we get idle for the Lord, we'll complain about everything. Idleness. Idleness. God's calling us to step back into active duty. But I'm glad to know that I serve a God that responds to me even when my attitude gets off. Has anybody just ever had your attitude just get out of whack? Just a little bit. Everybody but Charlie, I figured that. Your attitude just gets off just a little bit. Not too bad, but just, just, a, just a little bit your attitude gets off. I'm glad that the God that I serve is still in communication with me. That I'm glad He doesn't do me like we do other people when their attitude gets off. I ain't talking to them no more. They got a bad attitude. Folks, what kind of shape would we be in if God worked that way? But God still communicates. Now I want you to listen to these questions again that Gideon poses to the Lord. I want you to get this. Gideon says to him, Oh my Lord, if you, if the Lord is with us, plural, why then has all of this happened to us, plural? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying to the Lord, bring us, did the Lord not bring us us up out of Egypt? For now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us. The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. He didn't say anything about us to Gideon. He looked down at Gideon and says, you mighty man of valor. But boy, it makes, it, it makes us feel better when we can take the area that we're not being obedient and lump it into us. See, if I know James isn't doing something right, I can, man, well, well, you know, James ain't neither. It makes me feel better about myself. But I want to tell you something. The Bible tells me that I have a personal Savior that wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me. That means that even though James ain't doing right, that God's not holding me accountable for how, and if I'm not doing right, James isn't, isn't held accountable for how I am because it is a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. And can I tell you, God has called you to run your race. He does put us together to accomplish the greater goal of the kingdom, but we spend so much time worrying about somebody else or about us that we miss the fact that God is calling you. Verse 14, listen to how God responds after all the us's. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you, singular, shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Then verse 15, So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manassas, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, if you go on in this text, you'll find out that God did begin to bring other men into the fight. But can I tell you this morning, it may be dependent on one person being called by God to sign 
sign back up for active duty and say, I'm not going to be idle anymore, but I'm going to step back in. I'm going to begin to occupy something for God that I haven't before. And when you do, revival can take place around you as others see, wait a minute, listen, I can remember being a young man when when Desert Storm happened and I, it made me want to just go out and join the Marines. Why? Because I saw other young men going to fight for our country. There is something energizing when people get involved in the battle, when people sign up for active duty. It causes others to recognize, I'm also called, I'm also chosen. God also needs me. Give God praise in this house this morning. God's calling you. Don't worry about us. If you focus on us and not the you, you're going to miss out on the miraculous. Hmm. Listen to me this morning. Some people miss out on miracles in their own life because they're so focused on the us. Well, so and so and so and so and they and this and that. What about you? God saved you. God redeemed you. God restored you. He's a personal Savior. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. I want to stop right there just a minute. Listen, don't think everybody's got to be like you. We're all peculiar. We've all got different ways, personalities, likes, wants. God said you're going to be a peculiar people, but nevertheless, I have called you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. I want to tell you this morning, I may be peculiar. I may have had some seasoned in the pit. I may have been out on active duty for a time, but I'm recognizing today that God has called me out of darkness. He has set my feet on the rock that is Jesus Christ. He's called me back for active duty, and I am part of the chosen generation. Life Fellowship, you are part of a chosen generation. This, this thing that we're in, this walk, this this religion, this Christianity, this relationship, this covenant, whatever you want to call it today, it's bigger than this building. It's bigger than us. We are part of the kingdom of God. We are part of a family that's been washed by the blood of Jesus. God's calling us back to active duty. I've been called out of darkness. Is there anybody in the house today that you can say, Pastor, I was called out of darkness. I was, I was on, I was on my way to hell. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I was called out of darkness. Maybe, maybe we be, we need to begin to act like it. Maybe we need to begin to show it in our praise and in our worship. 
You want to know why our young people get so energetic in praise and worship? It's because they are living in the most perverse, grotesque, generational time in the history of mankind, probably since Sodom and Gomorrah. But they're excited because God called them out of darkness, came into their life and saved them, and they get excited about it, and they're not afraid to show it. Can I tell you something? That's something that we need to have in our life. We, we may, oh, I'm about to meddle right here. We may sit back and, and say, well, that's just not me. Well, then you ain't been through enough hell because I can tell how a person praises how much hell they've been through. If you've been through enough hell and God's brought you out, you can't contain yourself. All you want to do is just give him a shout of praise in the house and say, God, you brought me out of darkness. You brought me into your marvelous light. Give him praise in this place. It's not like you. No, no, ain't nobody worried what's like you. It's never been about you in a way. It's about what Jesus did in my life. We need to begin to show him praise. Ecstatic praise. Well, that's not how we did it in the olden days. I beg to differ. The Bible tells me that David, in bringing the ark back into... Boy, this scripture right here, I can't believe the church of God even lets it in the Bible. I mean, Lord of mercy, we used to couldn't go to movies, cut our hair. I mean, women have to wear snaps on the bottom of their ankles. But the Bible says... That after a season of darkness and getting it wrong, that David got himself together. And it says he went back and got the ark out of the house of Obed-Edom. And all of a sudden it says he went only 50, this is a whole nother sermon. Oh, he went 15 feet and he started dancing a jig. He started having a little praise break because he went 15 feet in the right direction. I don't know how far it was from where he started to the gates of Jerusalem, but the Bible tells me that by the time he got there, he had gotten so wrecked by the presence of God and so wrecked by praising him for who he was that he didn't have anything left but the fruit of the loom on his body. Uh, you, can, you can decipher that ever how you want to. I, it may have been Haynes, fruit of the loom, but it wasn't nothing but a pair of whitey tighties that he was wearing because he had shaken everything off dancing before God and he said I'll get even more undignified than this because God has brought me to a place where I am back in his presence. Somebody give God praise in this place. And just so you know if anybody comes in dancing in the underwear next week we're going to take you out. But it's what the Word says. Mm. You know what the difference is? He was under the anointing. And God covers everything under the anointing. That's another sermon too. I've got to stay on track here. You're a chosen generation. God called Gideon. He was chosen back to active duty. Basically, he tells Gideon, he says, surely 
you will be victorious. And I believe Gideon begins to remember the benefits of God. Can I tell you something, church? We forget the benefits. Before we moved here, we were getting ready for revival at our church in Louisiana. I'd had this evangelist once before, and I was really excited. And it was, we were having the revival in April right before the Gulf fishing season really kicks off, and I had taken my boat somewhere to get detailed. And I had revival that night, and I was pulling out of that place, and I didn't see this pipe cover. It was right on the edge of the road, and I knocked at one of the back axles completely out from under it, broke it off in the road. Ended up, it was about $2,000 in damages to that trailer in that moment. And I had to get re-sanctified before I went to the revival that night, but that's not where, <clears throat> that's not where I'm going with this story. But I, I was getting that thing fixed, and it hit me that I had boat insurance in case the boat ever sunk or was stolen, whatever. And I said, I wonder, did it cover trailer problems? So I called my agent, and she said, well, Mr. Newcomb, you must have forgotten, but you have a trailer benefit on your policy. And if you'll just get me the bills and send them to me, I'll send you a check for everything that you've paid for your trailer accident. And in that moment, a year and a half ago, I, I began to think, man, how quickly we forget about the benefits of heaven. We get, we get involved in a fight or getting involved in the battle and we, oh, I don't, I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't know what to do. I'm going I'm, I'm, to call the pastor. I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to call Brother Charlie or I'm going to call, I'm, I don't know, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to call Sister Evelyn because we know she's a praying lady. I'm going to call Sister Evelyn talk to her. I want to tell you something. I appreciate your faith in me and, and, and Charlie is, is Charlie. He's a wonderful guy. We know that. And Sister Evelyn, she's a praying woman, but I want to tell you, ain't none of us got any benefits like the benefits of heaven. I want to tell you, when you begin to remember that there's a benefit that flows from the throne. Psalms 103.3 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. With all that is within me, I will bless his holy name. For he has forgiven all of my iniquities and healed all of my diseases. He also has restored or redeemed my life from destruction. Can I tell you, when you get in the midst of the battle, sometimes you forget the benefit of the Lord. But I want to tell you this morning, there is still benefit to be had in the house of God. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed 2,000 years ago, the Bible tells me that he heals today. If he restored then, he will restore now. If he can put back together a family like Jacob's back then, he he can restore your family now. If you've been a sorry parent like Adam and Eve and your children have run astray and maybe some of them are even dead, if God can put that back together, I want to tell you, you haven't gone too far that God can't restore something in you. The 
The Bible says in Genesis that Eve, when she had Seth, she said, God has given me another opportunity. Isn't that amazing? That how Has anybody ever just had a failure in your life that you wish you could just erase? Come on, don't let your pastor be by. I mean, I'm talking about something you could just completely do. Isn't it amazing that after those type of failures that God gives us another opportunity? He never gives up. Why? Because he wants to see you help fulfill the destiny that he has for us to fulfill. Verse 16 says this. Eric, if you'd come, I want to play that cornerstone song for altar this morning. Great song. It says, and the Lord said to him, surely, say surely, surely I will be with you. And you will defeat your enemy as one man. Verse 16 says, surely I will be with you and you will be victorious. Pastor, you don't know what kind of obstacle I'm facing. I'd really like to be back in active duty for God, but I've got so much. I mean, look, look, I want to let you know I'm not, this isn't directed at anybody this morning. This is just what we do. It's what your pastor's done at times in my life. I would like to do something more for the Lord right now, but right now I've just got so much going on. Can I tell you, that doesn't balance out on God's scale. If you have so much going on in your life, in your kids' lives, that you can't serve God, your scale's out of balance. And it's not God's fault that you're so busy. Because there's a surely promise to you. Psalm 54 says, surely, David said, God is my helper. Amos chapter 3 said, surely, God has prepared a plan. He tells Gideon, surely, surely, I have given you the victory. And church, I want to tell you something. There is a surely promise to you. But Gideon had to do one thing. He had to step back into active duty. This surely wasn't a promise on the sidelines. This surely wasn't a promise standing down in the pit, hiding out, waiting to the storm. Well, I'm, I'm going to do something for the Lord when the storm blows over. Well, honey, let me tell you, you're going to be waiting a lifetime because your life is going to be full of storms. It's going to be full of trouble. I know that's not popular faith teaching, but it's just the truth. You're going to have storms, you're going to have trials, and you're going to have tribulation. If you wait till they're over to do something for God, you're going to spend a lifetime never fulfilling what he has for you to do. And some of us, if we're not careful, we can get to the place where we make up our mind, this is all that I can do for God. It's just sit here. But God's calling you back to active duty. God's asking you this morning to tell worry 
Oh, I've changed my mind. Yeah. Tell fear, I've changed my mind. Tell your family, oh, I've changed my mind. I know I was here. But you, you, moms and dads, let me, grandpas and grandmas, aunts and uncles, let me tell you, your family needs to see a change of mind in you where you say, I've changed my mind. I know you saw me being lethargic. I know you saw me when I didn't really do a lot, but I want to tell you, I've changed my mind. I'm going back into active duty because time is running short. Jesus is about to return. There are scores of people within five minutes of this church. Can I ask you something this morning? Thought about this this week. When's the last time that you wept because your next door neighbor's going to hell? When's the last time that you wept? I'm I'm talking about weeping. Because somebody in such works at your office lives next door to you in your family that if Jesus comes back tomorrow that they're going to spend eternity in hell when's the last time that you wept over that we'll spend and I'm, I'm, ta- I'm preaching to myself we'll spend so much time crying moping gloating complaining or whatever about something else and we don't oh my God help us help us today I don't know when the last time I really sat and wept over somebody going to hell I just thought about it this week we complain about this and that and this and that in our life going on and we're not weeping over people dying and spending eternity in hell church we've got to change that We had a 177 children come through VBS. About 40 of them, 40, 45 of them come here on a regular basis. That tells me that probably about 100 of those children were unchurched or don't go to church on a regular basis. And we had many salvation hands raised in VBS. But how many children are going to die and go to hell if you're not called back to active duty. If you don't step back into the place of active duty and say, God, I'm ready to make a difference. God, I'm ready to, I'm not waiting for somebody else to leave the charge. I'm not, I'm not waiting till we get the right group to suit my me and my need. But God, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to start. Let me tell you something, church. Start with what you got. Start with what you've got. God will bless what you have. God will anoint what you have. If you just give it to his service. God, listen, God used a donkey. God used a donkey to speak his word. I know he can use you. I could preach deeper on that, but I'm not. God's calling life fellowship. Step back into active duty. Can I tell you something? I don't care if you're in here this morning, you're eight years old, or you're 80 years old. 
If you want to be part of the active duty of the army of God, we'll find you somewhere to work. I'm just being honest. I don't, I, I ain't preached hardly nothing in my notes this morning. Maybe active duty for you can be on Sunday mornings that you just make sure you're here by 10 o'clock so when visitors don't come in, when they come in, that it's not only 15 people here. I, I know I'm meddling this morning. Charlie, go ahead and get my last check ready. I probably have to leave after today. Maybe you can just get here at 10 o'clock so when visitors come in, they don't look around and say, well, ain't nobody here. There's nobody to love on me. Nobody to welcome me. Maybe, you can, maybe active duty for you, you just show up early. To do nothing but just have a smile on your face. That could be active duty for you. Well, Pastor, I'm, I mean to get here early. and I, I, You know how it is. Some, listen. Just do it. That's just one thing. I'm just trying to give something that's small where you don't have to, you don't have to teach a class to be part of the active duty of the army of God. You don't have to lead a group. Sometimes God just needs somebody to love on somebody. But God's calling this church to step back into active duty. I want every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. And I'm going to ask a couple questions in here. And I, I'm, I'm praying this altar will be full this morning. You're in this house today. And you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Can I tell you something? There is a surely promise to you today. That surely He'll come into your life. He'll redeem you. He'll set you free. And He'll set you on His solid rock today. If you've never accepted Jesus, and you, I'm not going to embarrass you this morning, but you can just say today, I want to know that when I leave here that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life and I want to accept Him as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? Anybody in this place? Anybody? I'll wait just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Everybody in here may be saved this morning. I hope that you are. Well, let, me, let me ask you this this morning. Is anybody in here this morning feel a little bit like Gideon? That life circumstances have just gotten to the place where you're not really in active duty like you need to be anymore. But you want God to speak to you. You want God to bring you back to a place where you begin to make a difference for the kingdom of God. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Come on, church. Come on, come on down here. Don't wait on anybody else. Hands all over this place. Come on, come on. Don't wait on anybody else. Come on, get up out of your seat. Come on down. We're going to pray. If you raise your hand, if you raise your hand, Listen, if, if you're in here this morning, you need God to do something in your life. You need God to call you out of a dark season. Can I tell you, answer this call this morning. Answer this call this morning. We're going to pray here in just a moment.
Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.